Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. And we think that Jesus is all about here and now. That it's all about feeling good and getting what I want and my needs in this life being taken care of. Oh, that's not what it's about. It's about the other side. It's about over there. It's about a kingdom that will never end. We don't tell the doctor how to treat our illness or the lawyer how to handle our legal business. Don't tell God how to do what he does. Let God be God. Let God blaze the trail. Let God set the direction and it will always work out for the good. Is not one that ever uh, needs any special attention and I found that out a long time ago when I watched uh, him who if you don't know who he is he has been our general secretary for was that more than 20 years 20 years he has served the United Pentecostal Church as our general secretary and uh, I I had great respect for him long before I ever got to know him on a personal level they came to a little small church in Highland, Illinois that we were part of. And when he could have gone anywhere, and that was before they built the new one, we were still in a little cheese shop. There was nothing extravagant about that place at all. But there was such a, such a great presence of God, such a unity there. And I feel that same presence of God and that same unity in this church. Amen. And uh, when they went to build, he was right there alongside of us. He and Sister Jones, their son Dustin, were right there with us together serving in that church. Of course, he, he spent a lot of time preaching out and in uh, much demand. But when he was able to, he was right there alongside of us. And he was putting up walls. And, and now there's a great church in Highland, Illinois that, that they were a part of. And it was just an honor to spend a little time of our life together with them, getting to know them a little bit better. But I don't bring him to you. I, there, I want this church to rub shoulders with people that I highly admire, but I don't bring him here just because I consider him one of our finest and greatest preachers in all of our organization. I bring he and Sister Jones here today because they are true and honest Christians that have never lost their sure-footedness and their grounding. They have never, they've never put themselves on a pedestal, but they they can sit down and have a conversation with with anybody. And I just love that about them. And so it's with great uh, great honor today that I turn this pulpit over to Brother Jerry Jones, and we just. Uh, want him to take his liberty today. Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise as we welcome the man of God to this pulpit today? Praise God. Oh, let's worship the Lord a little bit with that hand clap. Would you? We worship you today. Thank you for your presence here, Lord. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for being near. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. What a wonderful spirit of the Lord here today. His presence is near, amen. What a joy for us to be here uh, in Sparta, Illinois today. Uh, 
Thank you, Pastor Sister Rice, the invitation. We've looked forward to this day and we've not been disappointed. God's presence is in the house. We love the Rices, this, their entire families. We just appreciate them very much. I hope you know how blessed you are to have these wonderful people leading this congregation. Amen. They love for God, their love for truth, their consistency, their sacrificial nature, and we, we just respect them so very much. And of course, it's our a joy to be here. We, we, um, we always enjoyed those years. We look back on them with, with great fondness that we were at Highland together. Sister Jones and I and our son had just uh, left the church in Bridgeton, Missouri, and accepted this position. And um, we'd stayed there a little while, about a year and a half. We were so welcome there, and we're thankful for the Tracy and the folks there. But you know, when you've pastored people, sometimes it's uh, it's hard to quit pastoring people. And uh, when they're sick, you just want to go visit them in the hospital and so forth. Of course, when uh, you're no longer the pastor, you can't do those things. So though they uh, loved us and made us feel very welcome, we decided that uh, it would be good if we uh, made a change. And our son had never been in a smaller church. And um, we decided to go to the cheese store in Highland. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Amen. There were, way I remember, there were three rows in the church. And uh, if you were lucky enough to get the back row in the summertime when the air conditioner was a big windy unit put in the wall. And if you were lucky enough to sit on the back row, you could get a back massage and a spiritual blessing at the same time when that big air conditioner kicked on. Well, we felt a move of God in that place and God demonstrated his presence. And of course, the church has grown and moved on, built a new building. And yes, I did help. I've warned them the dedication that if a, if a tornado comes, don't stand near that wall. Because I helped build that wall. You want to be over on the other side of the church. But uh, we do love the crossings and of course the rices and it is a joy to be here. It's good to have my wife with me. She doesn't often get to travel with me and it's just a joy that she's here today and each and every one of you. Luke chapter 24. Pastor preached the gist of my sermon just a couple of minutes ago. And the, and the, and the praise singer sang my sermon. So if it sounds familiar, you'll remember why. Luke 24, we'll start at verse 13. And behold, two of them went the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about threescore furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. I want to preach about unrecognized. God bless you. Thank you. Please be seated. More than once, after the resurrection of the Lord, a strange phenomenon occurred, a strange 
series of events happen. It, um, it's, it's somewhat um, difficult to imagine such a thing, but we had more than one event that confirms that such a thing happened. People who had known Jesus, even people who had walked with him, his closest disciples who loved him, who had heard him preach, who had seen him raise the dead, walk the water, feed the multitudes, that knew him, failed, however, to recognize him. Though he would appear in the same room with them, in the same garden, walking the same road, they did not know him. Here I read of Cephas and his companion, Mary in the garden. Even his closest disciples did not recognize him. In Luke chapter 24, we read this, and as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them. These were his closest disciples. And saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. Actually, though, when we think about this, it's, a, it's, it's really an, uh, an example of something that was not so strange. Again and again, God has stepped onto the road and into step with human beings as they travel through life, right beside them every step of the way, and they did not recognize him. Even here today, as powerful as the Spirit of the Lord has been, as the singing and the worship was offered and God's presence responded to his people being here, it's possible to sit here today, even go through the motions, knowing the words or reading them on the overhead and still not realize who is in our midst, who is among us. Now, usually, of course, when you're surrounded by worshipers, by people filled with his spirit, by folks who know him and love him and are recognizing him, well, well, that's one thing, but that's only a tiny fraction of our lives. It isn't when we're here that it's vital, although it's important, that we realize that Jesus Christ is among us. But it's when we're out there, when we're alone and we're struggling with the issues of life, when we're trying to make the decisions that matter, that plot our course for decades to come, when we're in the midst of grief or sorrow or loss or disappointment, that's when it matters whether we recognize his presence or not. When we realize that we are never alone, that we never walk by ourselves, that God is always among us, this is when it matters that we recognize the presence of God, that we realize his nearness. How can it be? What, what, what possible situation would cause us not to feel the presence of God, not to recognize the reality of the divine nearness. He promised to be with us. He said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. 
He said that in those moments when you least, uh, when you least are able to recognize him, that's when he is the nearest to us. That he said, where even two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in their midst. When we have his promise, when we have his word, when we've experienced over and over again, have you ever heard an old timer say, I couldn't have made it if the Lord hadn't been with me. I couldn't have survived it if the Lord hadn't held my hand. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. We have the promise. We have the word. We even have the experience and the testimony of those who've walked the road before us. How is it then that we can sometimes fail to recognize his nearness? Well, I think disappointment can cause us to miss his presence. That's the case for Cleophas and his companion. We don't, we don't know who the second person was. There's all kinds of speculation, but it doesn't really matter. These were two disciples that had trusted in Jesus. They had become convinced, erroneously, but convinced nevertheless, that he was here to affect an earthly kingdom, that he would fix all of their earthly issues that he would throw off the yoke of Rome and lead a mighty rebellion and reestablish the kingdom of David on the earth. Isn't this what God promised? And they put their trust and faith in him, not as a savior of the soul, but as a deliverer of the body and of the politics of the day. And of course, when he died, they could not fit that into their political thinking. They could not understand how he who had such power that he could command the elements, he could calm a storm, he could walk on the sea, that he could raise the dead, that that one with such power could hang on a cross, could give up the ghost, and could die. And they were disappointed in how it turned out. I want to warn you of something today that's often on my mind. As we sing and worship God, we borrow, of course, our songs from non-Pentecostals. I was in a place not too long ago. It was a, it was a young minister's conference, and the local uh, pastor of the Baptist church was there. And he was a nice guy, and I enjoyed spending some time with him afterward at a dinner there. And, and he made this comment. He said, you know, everybody sings the same songs. And I thought, you mean we're singing the same songs they sing in the Baptist church? Now, I'm not throwing off on the Baptist folks at all. I'd never do that. But I just, I just don't know how Pentecostals, apostolics, and Baptist folks would sing the same song. But nevertheless, he said we do. He said, you know, y'all's band is good. <laughs> he said, our band is good too. And I thought, wow, that's something. And I began to think about the doctrine of the songs and how little there really is of it. And how what there is of it, it's all about the here and now. It's very seldom about the coming of the Lord. It's very seldom about being caught up in the rapture. How many of you remember those old songs we used to sing? Yes. One glad morning. Jesus in the air. He'll be coming after you and me. 
joy is ours to share. When we think of those old songs, it was about getting out of here, not being happy here. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. <laughs> When I think about those old songs, you know, that we used to sing about leaving this world, about finding our joy on the other side, it tells me we must be careful. Now, I'm not, I'm, I'm not throwing off on what we sing. I sing them too. We're all that way. I'm not upset about that. I don't want you to misunderstand me. But I want us to be careful that we are not like Cleophas and his friend. And we think that Jesus is all about here. And now that it's all about feeling good and getting what I want and my needs in this life being taken care of, oh, that's not what it's about. It's about the other side. It's about over there. It's about a kingdom that will never end over in the glory land. But because they thought it was the here and now, they could not translate what had happened on that cross. How would it fit in taking care of us now? And because of that, they were disappointed. Think of it. They were disappointed in Jesus. They were disappointed that his agenda did not fit theirs. They were disappointed that his actions were not about them they were disappointed that he cared more about eternity than he did about time. And because of that, they gave up and they were going home. They left Jerusalem and were on the road to Emmaus, maybe five miles or so away, but it was a huge distance because it meant hope was left behind. It meant joy was left behind. It meant their, their dreams and what they had hoped this was all about was forever left behind. And so they journey along and they're talking. I like the fact it says they were reasoning. You can't reason your way to the will of God. You can't reason your way to the plan of God. His ways are far above our ways. As high as the heaven is from the earth, that's how high his ways are above ours. They could not figure it out. And yet Jesus came and met them there. As they walked down that road, he suddenly was walking beside them. But sadly, the Bible says they did not recognize him. It says their eyes were holden. I'm not sure I understand the mechanics of that, except their disappointment blinded them. Their refusal of God to do things the way they wanted it done blinded them. Their eyes were held back so that they did not recognize him. We don't tell the doctor how to treat our illness or the lawyer how to handle our legal business. Don't tell God how to do what he does. Let God be God. Let God blaze the trail. Let God set the direction and it will always work out for the good. Not only disappointment, but pain can cause us not to recognize him. That was Mary's problem. 
For Mary, it wasn't about Rome and, and the kingdom of David and the reestablishment of the Jewish nation. That wasn't what it was about. For her, she loved Jesus. He had delivered her from, from the bondage of demonic power. And now Mary had watched him die. For her, it was her Lord, not, not a military leader, not a political leader, not an earthly king, but it was her Lord. And he lay yonder in that grave. Let me tell you, pain can obscure the face of Jesus. Difficulties can cause us to miss his presence. Pastor just said a few minutes ago that the world, the earth, the life that we have here on this earth can sometimes cause us to feel like God has abandoned us, that God doesn't care about us. The pain through which we go can convince us that God couldn't love us and allow this to happen. It's easy then to transfer the blame for our lifetime issues on God. But let me tell you, God isn't responsible for the world you and I live in. This is not the world he created. This is the world sin created. And God is here to break the power of that sin. And whether we recognize him at work or not, God is near us and God cares about us. You see, if we're not careful, our pain will cause us to misidentify him. She didn't think he was the gardener because he looked like a gardener. She didn't think he was a gardener because he acted like a gardener. She thought he was the gardener because that is the only thing he could have been. Jesus is dead. It couldn't be him. He had left them, failed them, let them down. And so she misidentified him. She left him unrecognized because of her pain. There's another thing I think that can cause him to be unrecognized. We read about that in the Old Testament. Jacob is fleeing for his life after fooling his father and stealing the birthright from his brother. He puts his head on a rock and he falls asleep. And in that night, he dreams of a great ladder stretching from heaven to earth and angels going up and down the ladder. And when he wakes up, he says this, he says, Jacob awaked out of his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. Jacob didn't recognize the presence of God because he was asleep. Woe to them, Amos says, that are at ease in Zion. Why? Because you don't know what's going on around you when you're asleep. You can't perceive of the reality of what is happening when you're asleep. That's not just an Old Testament truth. It's the New Testament too, Luke chapter 9, when Jesus took Peter, James, and John up on a mountain, and there as he prayed, the Bible says the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistening and talked with him to men, Moses and Elias, who appeared in glory, but Peter and they that were with him were heavy with sleep. But when they awoke, they saw his glory later Peter would write of seeing his majesty but they had to 
wake up before they could perceive of his presence. If the enemy can't blind you with disappointment or blind you with pain, he will lull you and rock you to sleep. It's just another Sunday morning. It's just another Sunday service. It's just another song. It's just another opportunity to worship. I submit it's too late for that kind of church. We're too far down the road for church as usual. We've got to stay awake. It is time, high time to arise from our slumber. God is wanting to pour out his spirit on all flesh. It's time for revival in Sparta, Illinois. It's time for a community to find their way back to God. It is time for the presence of God to move down these streets and into these homes. A sleeping church is life's greatest tragedy. I sense though there is an awakeness here. I sense though there is a perception here. And that's good because it isn't just not recognizing God and thus missing his presence. It's all that we miss when we miss God. First Chronicles Glory and honor are in his presence. Strength and gladness are in his place. Second Chronicles, if when evil cometh upon us as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and thou will hear and help. Psalm 16, thou will show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 140, surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name. The upright shall dwell in thy presence. Isaiah 63, in all their affliction he was afflicted and the angel of his presence saved them. It's not just missing him. It's the blessing and the power and the deliverance and the glory that comes with his presence. No wonder. And I'm going to quit. I want them to come to the music, please. No wonder Jesus wept over Jerusalem. No wonder he bowed his head and buried his face in his hands and tears dripped between his fingers. I would have, he said, but you would not. I would have given you the things that pertaineth to peace, but you chose something different. I would have, but you would not. How could such a thing happen? That Jesus Christ offers himself, his power, his delivering power, and they said no. How could it be? Well, it's really simple. Jesus went on saying, if thou hadst known 
even thou, at least in this thy day, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. He was there, but he was unrecognized. Now I'm glad to tell you today it doesn't have to be like that. The disciples woke up and they beheld his glory. They heard Moses and Elijah speaking to him of the death he would accomplish in Jerusalem. <laughs> they beheld his majesty. Mary, through her tears, blinded as she was, heard him call her name. And when he called her name, she recognized him. And even the disappointed Cleophas and his companion, so moved by the words of the stranger who walked beside them, invited him into their home and sat at their table. But when he took the bread, and he blessed it and broke it and disappeared. They recognized him. And that long mournful journey from Jerusalem turned into a triumphant return to Jerusalem as they ran back, retracing their steps, burst into that upper room and declared for all the disciples, he's alive! We saw him. We heard him. He need not go unrecognized in our lives. We don't have to wonder if he's near us. We don't have to sit in a dark room alone and ponder whether somehow we disappointed him or angered him. We don't have to do that because he said he'd be there doesn't take a big crowd of the right song or the right preacher or a special sermon where two or three are together if they're there in my name he didn't say I, if I have time I'll show up if they've done everything right I'll come by he said there am I before they're really together in his name he said I'm already there I'm present at that moment. I don't know what you may be going through today. Don't know what's happening in your life. Don't know what pain you feel. What disappointment the enemy has placed in your heart. I don't know how alone, how lonely you may be. How distant the promises of God feel this morning for you. How often you've prayed and there seemed to be no answer. How unresponsive heaven appears to be in your circumstance. Maybe it's your kids or grandkids. Or maybe it's the job or maybe it's your marriage or maybe it's your health. Or maybe it's a thousand and one other things that you just can't see him. You just can't find him. Like our brother Job. You look to the front and back and the right and left. He's not there. But Job concluded one thing. 
He knows where I'm at. He knows the path I'll be on. And when I've been tried like gold in the fire, I'll be better. He's at work in my life when I cannot see him and I cannot hear him when I do not recognize his hand. I can know he's at work. Would you stand with me, please? If you're here today, I bring you a promise. He's nearer than you've ever imagined. He still knows where you are, what you're going through. He still loves you more than you could ever imagine. We used to sing that old song, Standing Somewhere in the Shadows. You'll find Jesus. Sometimes it's in the shadows that he does his best work. When he can step right beside us, be near, unperceived, unrecognized, and yet there in the shadows, you'll find Jesus, the only one who cares and understands. Standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus, and you'll know him by the nail scars in his hands. If you're here today and you want to recognize him, I don't mean you're backslid away from God. It's not what this sermon's about. What it means is we all have those days where we can't find him. Where we know he has to be around, but we just can't see him. If you're here today and you're going through such a time and you want to reconnect, you want your eyes loosed, no longer holden by disappointment or pain or fear or doubt or the other things that can get between us and him. And you just want to know he hasn't forgotten you. He's still with you. Paul says he's not far from any one of us. For in him we live. It's in him that we move. And it's in him that we have our very being. And you want to reconnect with him today. I'm going to invite you to come, whoever you are, member here or not, Pentecostal or not, Christian or not, religious or not, none of that matters. Not right now. But if you just want to catch a glimpse of him, if you just want reassurance that he's with you, I want you to step out today and here around the front of our church, as many as can get here, I'd like to invite you to come as they begin to sing and worship. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.